with the Montour Trail. We live by the Montour Trail, you know, at least in, in our neck of the woods, you know. And uh, I've walked there hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. You know? So I'm walking along, just taking my good old time, talking to the Lord, you know. And all of a sudden, I was pretty close to, pretty close to my car, and I heard this boom. And I thought, what was that? And I turned around, and there was this branch that fell, and it was about the thickness of a telephone pole. And it was, it was right above where I was, okay? And that thing, within about 20 seconds back, about 20 seconds before that, if I would have been there, it would have fell right on top of my head, okay? And that thing shook the earth. It hit so hard. Do you know what I'm saying? But I thought, hallelujah, amen. The Bible says a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Amen. Praise God. It might be close, but it's not that close. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to open up with me today to uh, the book of Isaiah, the 41st chapter. Isaiah chapter 41. We have been discussing for, this will be week number six, the title of our subject is Reaching Your Maximum Potential. Reaching Your Maximum Potential. Heavenly Father, today we commit this, this time to you. We pray that you speak I ask you to speak through my lips, think through my mind, the perfect will of God for all of us here today, in Jesus' name, and all that agreed said, amen. amen. Praise God. So we've talked about some different steps. We, we, we talked first and foremost, the number one step is ask for wisdom daily to reach your maximum potential. These are just basic principles from the Word of God, to ask for wisdom daily. Number two, to recognize the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. To recognize the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that is that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when you recognize that and you acknowledge that, then you're never alone. Praise God. That's one thing I am so conscious of that when I stand up here, it's not just Brother Keith standing up here. And now, now if it was just me up here alone, we'd be in trouble. Okay? <laughs> But we're not alone. I'm not alone. I've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, just like you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And, uh, and I, I practice leaning on Him all the time. I practice leaning on Him, trusting in Him. He knows, when you've got fear coming against your mind and so forth, you know, you know, it has, how many of you know fear has a voice? We'll talk about that today. Fear has a voice. But you know what? There's another voice called the voice of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you as a believer. And if you'll listen to him, you can avoid a lot of fear-filled pitfalls that the devil wants you to fall into. Okay? Fear is his number one weapon. Okay? Always remember that. Number three, we talked about to see yourself as God sees you. We talked about that. And then last week we started on this, and I, I didn't complete it. We're going to pick it up here today again. The fourth, the fourth step of reaching your maximum potential as a believer is to keep fear out of your life. Keep fear out of your life. Now, sometimes people, when they hear that, they think, my God, is it possible to live the rest of my days on this earth, on this planet, without yielding to fear? Absolutely. Now, you, you might feel fear. You might experience thoughts of fear that would come against you. We all do, right? I don't care if you've been saved for 55 years. It doesn't matter. You, you can still feel fear and so forth. 
That doesn't mean it's yours. It doesn't mean it came from you. It comes from the devil. Now, Isaiah 41.10, the scripture says this. God says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Amen? <laughs> Can I have a hearty amen? Amen. amen. Fear thou not. Why? We don't have to be afraid. Why? God says, I'm with you. He says, be not dismayed. Now, we would say confused. We don't have to say, you know, I'm just so confused. I just don't know what to do. Well, that, the Holy Ghost will solve that real quick. <laughs> you mean, when the, see, when the Holy Ghost shows up, confusion goes out the back door. We're talking God. Okay? He says, you know, be not confused. Don't be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. All these yeas and yeses, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Glory be to God. And, and so we see that the number one reason that you and I as believers, I think this is probably one of the most important subjects that literally exists for the body of Christ. What would you and I accomplish the rest of our days if we don't yield to fear? Stop and think about that. People fear all kind of stuff. I mean, there's a whole list of phobias. You know, people are afraid of air, spiders, you know, tornadoes, snakes. You know, I mean, there's a, all these different, I never heard of some of these fears, you know, and close spaces and all the heights and all this kind of stuff, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is when you got saved and you came to Jesus, he delivered you from the spirit of fear. Now, go to 2 Timothy real quick here. In 2 Timothy in the New Testament, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 3. We just covering a little bit what we shared last week, but it's so vitally important, isn't it? My, my, my. Okay, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Talking to Timothy, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I might be filled with joy. And Paul told Timothy, who was a young pastor at this time, he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned, or King James says unfeigned, but it just means genuine. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in you also. Now verse 7 or verse 6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. Verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now I love that verse in verse 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Well, if He didn't give us a spirit of fear, then where did it come from? Where's the source? Anybody want to take a guess? All right, from the devil, Diablo, if you're Spanish, right? Satan is the author of fear. Always remember that. Always remember that. Hallelujah. See, we're not to tolerate fear. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. You ever hear that phrase before? Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear is faith in reverse. It's in other words, fear is, the, is having faith in the devil's ability to hurt you or to harm you. But we are to have faith in God. Mark chapter 11 verse 20, God, Jesus said, have faith in God. Hallelujah. So, 
Paul was writing to a young minister, Timothy, here that was having some situations with fear. We talked about that last week. But I, 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 find, I find it very interesting that Paul said this. He says, look, I knew your grandma. I knew your mama. <laughs> and he says, and the same spirit that was in them, I believe Timothy is in you. Now, notice it didn't say anything about his dad. Okay? You can be a single parent and still turn out okay. Amen? He didn't say anything about his father. We know that he was a Greek according to the scriptures. That's all we know. But it doesn't say nothing about his godly life. So maybe he wasn't, maybe he didn't serve the Lord. I don't know. But we do know that his grandmother and Timothy's mother were filled with the spirit of faith. And he says, look, you stir up that gift because the same spirit, you can transfer. Do you know that? Your kids, you can transfer an anointing to them. How do you do that? One of the biggest ways is living, living right before them. That doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are perfect, but also praying for them. Hallelujah. Have every chance to lay hands on them. They might not even know. You might just be thinking they're patting them on the back, but you're imparting something to them. Amen. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Glory be to God. So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear... Now, we talked a little bit about this last week, that how do, you, how do you come against fear? How do you resist fear? You resist fear with your words. The Bible talks about in James chapter 4, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, how did Jesus resist the devil? We see in, in the, the Gospels when, he, when the devil, you know, attacked him, tempta- tempted him. What did Jesus do? He opened up his mouth. He didn't just say, hey, I'm the son of God, don't bother me. He opened up his mouth and he used a weapon that you and I have the same ability to use, and that's the word of God. He used the phrase, it is written. Does anybody remember that? Jesus said, Satan, it is written. Hallelujah. So when fear comes against you and me, we got to have in our pockets, so to speak, an it is written. We have to have scripture. You cannot fight. The, the devil is a spiritual being. All right? And you cannot fight him with natural weapons. You can't pull out a machete or a shotgun or something and take care of him or else we'd all would have done that. Okay? Devil, I'm going to blow your head off. Well, he'll just laugh at you because he's a spiritual being. Now, being that he is a spiritual being, you have to fight him with spiritual weapons. And the Bible says that our weapons of our warfare, they're not natural but they're mighty through God. And the greatest weapon that you and I have available to us is the word of God in our mouth. Jesus said, it is written, the devil left him. Yeah, but pastor, that's Jesus. You know, he could do that. No, Jesus was showing us how to function in this life. He was showing us, here's, what, here's how you should respond. It didn't say, don't try this at home. This is only for deity, as you see some commercials. He was showing us how to function, how to operate. Amen? So if the devil comes against you in a particular way, what scripture do you have in your mouth? That's what we have to ask. What scripture do you have in your mouth? It doesn't do any good. You can have a thousand Bibles in your house. I mean, I've collected a lot of Bibles through the years. I have a lot of Bibles. I, don't even, I can't even count how many different translations in the Bible. But you know what? They could... They could lay up in the shelf. They won't do any good until they get down in my heart and out of my mouth. Hallelujah. 
So, you know, you get hit with some kind of symptom in your body. What kind of scripture are you standing upon? Satan, it is written by his stripes. I was healed 2,000 years ago. Amen. Don't just tolerate and just say, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Just open your mouth. Listen, you don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to know everything about everything. But one thing you need to have knowledge of is the Word of God. And that's one thing that we, from the very beginning of this church, we teach and we, we, we put high precedence in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Teaching the Word of God, instructing you in the Word of God so that when you walk out of this room, you're going to have some good knowledge of how to deal with these things and how to combat fear when it comes against you, how to combat symptoms in your body when it comes against you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you resist it with words, praise the Lord. Now we saw, and if you go to Psalm chapter 34, let's go over there, Psalm 34. And we made mention of the fact last week that just briefly about Job 3, you know, Job went through some stuff and the devil came against him, you know, and Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. You mentioned, his name is mentioned in the book of Genesis and he had no revelation that there was even a devil. But we see that his problem started in Job 3.25, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. So we see that fear opened up the door. Now, Eventually things turned around. God showed him, opened up his eyes. And he, Job said this, Lord, teach me wherein I've erred. And the Lord showed him that it was his words. His words. He said, teach me to speak right words. He goes, that's where I made the mistake. I began to speak fear. Do you know, f thoughts can come to you. Thoughts of fear can come to you. But if you don't speak them out, they will die unborn. Remember Jesus said, take no thoughts saying... What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Well, what's that? That's, that's words filled with fear, right? What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? How are we going to be taken care of? Okay? Jesus said, don't take a thought by saying it. Now, we can take God's thoughts and we can say those. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Hallelujah. We open our mouth and we say what the Word of God has to say. Hallelujah. Now, you have to do this. You have to understand, folks, you have to do these things by faith. You know, you, you, you may not see anything right away. Typically, you don't. You may still feel the symptom, you know. You may st things still look like maybe you're praying for so and so, and the things haven't really changed for them yet. Don't be moved by that. Don't be moved by your sight. Okay, we walk by faith and not by sight. But open your mouth and you say, "In Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan." And you walk away, and just within yourself, you say, "I took authority over that. That's done in Jesus' name." Amen. And don't go back and waver and say, "Well, maybe it didn't work the first time." You know what I mean? And back and forth, back and forth. And we all deal with that sometimes, don't we? But the powerful thing we have to acknowledge is this, that when you speak the Word of God, the Bible says when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. And that, make no mistake about it, he will flee from you, run as if in terror. That's what the Greek means. You've seen those cartoons of a guy taken off? And they lay some tire behind him, you know what I'm saying? That's what the devil does when, when you resist him. He flees as he runs from you, praise God. He is so afraid of the word of God. You know that? Now in Psalm 34, uh, let, let's pick up in verse 1. And uh, the first way that we, res we come against fear is we resist it with the word of God. We say it out loud. 
I, I'm a firm, firm believer in opening our mouths and saying, amen? You know, it's no, it's no different with praise to God. Someone says, well, you know, I don't know about that lifting your hands. I don't know about that opening your mouth and speaking to the Lord. You know, God knows I have praise in my heart. Well, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Now, if you, don't, if you don't open your mouth, you don't do something in the natural, nothing happens. Okay? Now, Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord once in a while. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means Mondays too. <laughs> that means when things don't look like you got a bad phone call or something, you know, you get bad news. Uh, the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Why? Because that's what guarantees the victory. Do you know, if you can thank God for something before you physically see it, that's the highest type of faith that there is. My God, anybody can thank the Lord when, it, when the manifestation shows up and you're like, well, thank you, Lord, for that, you know. But it takes a woman or a man of faith to stand there in the midst of something that looks like it's not happening and say, you know, Lord, I choose to thank you right now. I, I might have a pain in my body, but oh, Lord, I thank you right now that by your stripes I was healed. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what, that drives the devil crazy. And that's the highest type of faith because you're not being moved by these two eyeballs. Amen? You're being moved by the word of the living God. He says... I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. So if we're humble, we'll hear it and we'll be glad. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. That's a good scripture for worship in church, right? Let's magnify the Lord together. Amen. Let's do it. Praise God. Amen. Now the next verse says this. Oh, here, here it is. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And then what happened? And delivered me from half my fears. <laughs> now I said that purposely, right? I sought the Lord and he heard me. And then what? He delivered me from all my fears. Praise God. Now I know all of us here know what fear feels like. Okay? Maybe this week, maybe today, maybe at some point in your life you have... Experience. I have experienced what fear feels like when it comes against you. None of us like it. It's not a fun thing. But most, more often than not, fear almost all the time comes in the form of a thought. Correct? When you feel fear, there's a thought connected to that. Always remember that. There's a thought connected to that. And that thought is a destructive thought. You're not going to make it. You're not going to have enough. You don't have what it takes. It's always a negative. Do you know the, the devil's always in a negative vein? That's all he knows. That's, Satan is the most negative person there is. Let me tell you something. There's nobody more negative than the devil. Amen? What's that donkey in Winnie the Pooh? What's his name? Uh, Eeyore. There's a lot of people that have that Eeyore spirit on them. Amen? <laughs> Never said that before, but you know, everything's, oh no, it's horrible out there. I, you don't know what I'm talking about? You talk about a chief negative person, it's the devil. And everything he speaks is negative, depressing. 
So you've got to cast out that Eeyore spirit. Amen? Cast it out in Jesus' name. You have no place in me. So I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears, all right? So that, that means, that tells me this, that if I'm seeking God on a regular basis, I like to seek God every day, okay? Even if it's for a few minutes, may it acknowledge God every day. And if, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, it said that he will deliver us from not half your fears, but all of your fears, okay? He'll deliver you. Now, Sometimes fear can come through bad experiences that you've had in your life. Now, I remember one in particular that was, really stood out to me. And uh, Back in 1978, my mother's father, my grandfather, uh, who became physically ill with terminal cancer, okay, on my mother's side, my grandfather, my mother's father, and, uh, and it... it uh, he, he suffered for, oh, I guess, probably a year and a half, something like that, from what I remember. And I, that was the year I graduated from high school in 1979, okay? And so my mother was always running over there and, you know, watching out after him, my grandmother and so forth, and her sister. And so we, we would make several trips over there. And, uh, and, and for some reason, she dragged my sister and I over there, too, okay? It wasn't the most fun experience in the world, but, you know, she was trying to take care of him and so forth, but... But I had never, ever been exposed to anything like this before. You understand? I mean, I was young. And, and, and to watch him go from a healthy-looking man to, like, down to basically skin hanging off of a skeleton. I mean, that's what he looked like. It was horrible, you know? But I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to say this. When I was watching this, and I was a Christian at the time, but I didn't know a whole lot. I was just learning certain things, you know, and... and as I watched him, and he finally passed away at the end of 1979. But as I was seeing that and watching that and experiencing that, somewhere in the process of that, and I'm trying to show you something here, in the process of going over there and being exposed to my grandfather, the thought came to me that there's going to come a time where I was going to experience the same thing and I was going to die from this dreaded disease called cancer. Okay? Now, I never opened my mouth I never spoke to a soul about it. It was a thought that came to me that frightened me. And up to that point, I had never thought about it before. But because I was exposed in, to this situation with my grandfather, the devil seized the opportunity. Because let me tell you something, there wasn't a whole lot of faith in that house. <laughs> Everybody was terrified and afraid and everything. There was no faith at all. And you could feel that atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? It's just fear and unbelief, you know. They just didn't know any better. And so... Uh, I, I, that thought remained with me for a couple of years. And uh, every once in a while it would come back to me, you know, as I kind of, you know, just a nasty thought, you know. Now, at that point in my life, I had no idea that that was the devil trying to, trying to speak something to me, trying to bring up to oppress me. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, uh, it wasn't until 19, around 1981, right around 1981, that I was, somebody connected me with a good word-based church like ours is, you know, and it wasn't a very big church, maybe 50 people, something like that, you know, and, and, and the pastor was a, a graduate of Kenneth Hagin's Bible School, okay, taught the Word of God. I'd never been in a church like that before. I was in a Pentecostal church, but they didn't teach it like that, you know what I'm saying? So, I, 
I was privileged to sit under the good word of God. Now, back in those days, they had a, their midweek service. They had a Sunday morning service, then they had a Monday night service. And I'll tell you, the hungry people came out Monday nights. I'm telling you, you couldn't keep me away with ball and chains. Man, I, I mean, every time that door was open, I wanted to be in there. And, you know, Saturday night was prayer night. I was there. I just wanted to be there. I didn't have to be there. I wanted to be there because I was hungry for God. Hallelujah. And he's, he began to teach different like series like I do here. And he was on on fear, overcoming disease and sickness and all this. And, and all of a sudden, I began to realize, I began to realize that all that mess and fear that I was dealing with, I was delivered from. Because the truth, the Bible says the entrance of God's Word gives light. Spiritual light. And when you hear God's Word, it brings light, which expels darkness. In other words, I had fear in my life regarding that issue, but then I started hearing about the promise. I started hearing about what Jesus did for me, and all of a sudden, little by little, here a little, there a little, the fear began to leave me. All of a sudden, I wasn't afraid of it anymore. Then I could take authority over it and say, no, you don't, devil, in the name of Jesus. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation in Psalm 91. I plan on living on this earth a long, long time. Now, he's tried to take me out a couple of times, but he didn't succeed. And he won't succeed because I have a job to do. Amen? <laughs> Glory be to God. And really fear is the devil's only weapon. That's his only weapon that he has. So if we deal with the fear and we crush it, don't mamsy-pamsy with the enemy. I mean, you, you rip the devil's head off, man. I'm telling you, with the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, here's what's going to happen. When you pray, I pray for boldness. You know it's biblical to pray for boldness. It's okay to pray for boldness. Paul said, pray for me that I might open my mouth and speak boldly the word of God. Well, if he could pray that, you and I could pray that too. Amen? And see, we need to be bold towards heaven and towards hell and towards the earth. The Bible says we have boldness to enter into the holiest of all by the blood of God. Of Jesus. You see, the blood of Jesus, that's the key factor. The blood of Jesus is what makes you and I holy and to be able to come before God. Because let me tell you something there's not one sin that remains in your life when you get born again and you get blood washed. Your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Glory be to God. He's removed the transgressions from you, and, and you're, you are covered. With the holy, spotless blood of Jesus. And it says, therefore, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus in the book of Hebrews. We have boldness. Say boldness. boldness. We have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Boldness. Was Jesus bold? I mean to tell you, was he a Casper milk toast, as they say? Was he a flimsy? Did he wear tight jeans? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> was he a wimp? No, no, no. Jesus was the man of all mans, I'm telling you. And, and Jesus dealt harshly. He was compassionate and kind to people, but he was harsh on the devil. Amen? And, what, and there's a good, good, good mix there. We need to be harsh and hard on the devil, but not, not on people. We love people, okay? But the devil's a nasty devil. Now let's go over here and we'll conclude here this morning. In the book of 1 John, if you would, 
If you go to the book of Revelation in the back, turn back a couple of books, you'll run right into 1 John. So, uh, you know, John, or uh, uh, David, I'm sorry, said that if I, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Amen. Now, here's, here's just a little, let's back up a little bit here before we get into the scripture here. If, if you're dealing with fears are starting to come against you, take some time out and seek the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean you have to spend hours. You can if you want. But just, you know, start out where you're at. Take a few minutes. Take a few moments. Take, take five minutes even. And just, just go take a, take a drive. Do whatever you have to do. Take a walk, you know. Get alone. And just say, Lord, I thank you right now. You know, sometimes you just talk things out with the Lord. You know, God is a friend. He's a friend. He's your best friend you will ever have. He's not just the God up on the big throne just ruling the universe. He's your best friend. He's your best friend. And, and sometimes I, I, I just have a heart-to-heart talk with God. I, I mean, I do. I'll say, you know, Lord, I'm troubled about this situation. I need your help right here. And I'll tell him what it is. He knows already what it is, but I'll, I'll speak it. I'll say, Lord, I'm having a rough time with this particular situation. And I need your help right now. And so I'm asking you for, give me wisdom right now. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, just pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost, you know. That's what I do, you know, and and start thanking them, giving them thanks, praise, just just quietly, you know. And all of a sudden, maybe during the course of that prayer time or during that day or something, that that I'll, I'll feel His presence come in and His wisdom come to me and it just like, it reassures me. It's reassuring. Holy Spirit will always reassure you. He's not going to leave you hanging. Okay? Like a drop call. You know, you're in the middle of an important conversation. Boom, there goes the call. <laughs> you know, that's never going to happen with you, with heaven and you, okay? But, uh, but I, I have found personally that the more that I practice God's presence, talking to Him, fellowshipping with Him, not treat them like a spare tire. The old time you think of a spare tire is when you get a flat, okay? But I'm talking about where you're communicating with God, talking with Him, practice communicating with Him, conversing with Him. And, and you know, He will talk back to you. He will talk to you. Amen? I was asking the Lord not too long ago. I said, I said Father, how can I get you? I, I want to see more of your glory. I want to see more of your power. I want to see more of your manifestation. I was earnestly asking the Lord about that. I said, Father, I've read about it. I see about it. I've, I've experienced certain things myself, you know, but I'm not satisfied with last year's meal, so to speak. I want to have a daily communion with God and a life-giving source coming from Him. You know what I'm saying? So I asked the Lord about it. Now, I didn't hear anything right away. But then all of a sudden, I fell asleep and I woke up and I, I heard in my spirit the Lord talking to me. Praise God. He said, son, the greatest revelation you can have, he said, the greatest way you can experience the manifest presence of God, now listen, he said, is to walk in love towards other people. He said, walk in love towards other people. I was waiting to hear some major revelation, but that was it. That was it. He said, he said, if, if, you want, if you want to see my glory and my power, he said, start loving people more. And right away, I began to see where, boy, I need to, I need to ship, shape up and 
on my love walk. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know it's so easy to become offended? <laughs> Anybody here ever been offended before? They didn't meet my expectations. I expected more of them. You know what I'm saying? And man, we, you can even let yourself down, for Pete's sake. You can disappoint yourself. Say, man, I should have done better. Man, I condemn yourself. It never helps to condemn yourself. But the Lord, I mean, I'm telling you, He showed me specifically. He said, if, see, if you want to see more of my glory, more of my power, He said, he said be love conscious. And when you're love conscious, you'll be able to love other people because you're not waiting for them to respond to you. Love is, a, is on the offense. It's not on the defense. Okay? And, and I mean, it's, it's powerful. You know, there's a whole chapter in the Bible written about love in 1 Corinthians 13. You know that wedding scripture? That you read at weddings, well, love is patient, love is kind. Well, that's not just for weddings. That's supposed to be every single day of our lives. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not envious, it's not jealous. Amen. doesn't boast. It's not prideful. <laughs> One thing about God's presence, it'll humble you. Amen. But you know, that's the best place you could ever be. Humble before God is better than any day in pride. I can tell you that right now. Amen. So when you seek God, and you seek God, and you stay in God's presence, and sometimes you just got to push your way through it. There's going to be obstacles that will try to keep you out of God's presence. The phone will ring. Something will happen. Aunt Susie will call or something will happen. You know what I'm saying? you got to push your way through that sometimes. Say, no, I need to get with God. I need to spend time before Him. Amen. Amen. And block out all the other distractions. Okay, so 1 John, I had you turn there, chapter 4. Let's pick up in verse, okay, yeah, verse 16. So we know David said if we seek the Lord, He'll deliver us from all of our fears. Amen. Now I wish I could press a magic button and wave a magic wand over all of us to say you'll never have another fear again, but I can't do that. But I'll tell you what we can do is we can know from the Word of God how to function. He's equipped us thoroughly, hallelujah, to deal with these things. Hallelujah. So in 1 John 4, verse 16, the Apostle John, who was the last living apostle, the closest apostle out of the twelve, out of all the disciples, he was the closest one to Jesus, and he lived the longest. He was also called the apostle of love. John the apostle had a revelation. If you read his letters, he had a revelation about God's love that no one else had. In fact, he even referred to himself as the apostle whom Jesus loved. <laughs> you ever read that before? Like, this is the apostle whom Jesus loved. You know, well, did he love Peter? Did he love James? Did he love the other disciples? Did he love Judas? He loved them all the same. But John had a personal revelation of how much he was loved of Jesus when he was on this earth. So with that thought in mind here, in 1 John 4, 16, it says this, For we have known and believed the love that God hath to us or towards us. Notice that verse 16. We have known and believed. Now those are two key words right here. Now everybody knows about God's love, right? People say, you know, does God love you? Yeah, He loves me. 
Amen. All right? But not everybody believes in it or has faith in it. John says here, we've known, we've not just known about the love of God, we believe in the love that God hath to us or towards us. Let me paraphrase. That King James gets you a little bit, you know, messed up here. It says, we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, towards us. And he says, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now, it doesn't say here that God has love. It says that he is love. He is everything about love. He is light, and he is love. The word says that. It says that, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. That's because you know you're loved. Because as He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. How is Jesus right now? Is Jesus sick at the right hand of God the Father? Is He broke? Is He depressed? Question, is He? As he is, so am I. If Jesus is victorious, I'm victorious. If Jesus is healed, I am healed. If Jesus is bold, I am bold. As he is, so are we in this world. Now look at the, uh, the next verse. It says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Notice that he closes with, he says, we love him because he first loved us. Now for many years, I, I, did, I wrongly divided this scripture here. And I began to, I, I thought it like this. In other words, you know, uh, if we walk in love, then... We'll, you know, towards other people, then we'll be, you know, perfect love. We'll cast out fear. But actually, this is not talking about the giving end of love. This is talking about the receiving end of love. Because it says right here, <laughs> we love him because he first loved us. Okay? And he starts out by saying, we have known and believed the love that God has, what? Towards us. Now, that's the perfect love that he's talking about that will eliminate fear or cast out fear is to we understand the amazing love that God has to us. Amen. And uh, I've, I've studied, I've said this for, for a lot of times. I've studied for many, many years, and I still do, about people that have left their bodies and went to heaven. There's a guy named Dale Black. He was a pilot, Okay. And uh, there's all kind of, he has a YouTube channel, powerful man of God, pastor in California. And, uh, you know, he was in a plane crash and two other people were in the, in the cockpit, you know. And those two people died. The two other pilots died, but he didn't die. He said that, he said he saw himself, he, his body, his spirit left his body and he's looking down. He says, why do I feel so good? And he saw the, all the wreckage and everything. Long story short, you can look him up, Dale Black ministries, you know, powerful ministry, that the Lord took him to heaven. And this guy, 
I mean, he, is, he was said he was so full of pride. He was a believer, you know, but he was egotistical. All he thought about was himself, you know. He says, but man, when he went, he went to heaven, he said all that stuff just it like melted off of him. Just melted off of him. And he said, among other things, he said, he goes, and he just, he would break down when he starts sharing this stuff. He's in front of people. He just loses it. He goes, he goes, I can't explain to you how powerful God's love is. He goes, it's the most powerful thing that there is. He says, it's like just you and him. There's nobody else. It's like when you're with him, you feel totally accepted, totally loved, and totally embraced all at the same time. He said, it's like liquid love. And, and, uh, and he said, when he came, when the Lord sent him back to the earth and he had to rehabilitate from the crash, thank God it didn't kill him permanently, you know what I'm saying? But the Lord allowed him to see heaven and see the, the glory of heaven and all, of, all the things up there, you know what I mean? He experienced it firsthand. And other people have said the same thing that had other similar experiences, you know. And they said, there's nothing like the love of God. I'm telling you, he's not looking down his nose at you. He's not upset at you. He embraces you. He loves you. He accepts you. And he's there. He's, he is love. That's what we know, okay? He said, that's the thing. He says, I was not like this before that. He goes, yeah, I was saved. I got saved when I was a young kid. He goes, but I lived a selfish life. Everything was about me, my accomplishments, what I could do. He said, that all changed when I came back to the earth. That all changed. Because I, I began to realize, he said, from personal experience, being in heaven. He said, how amazing the love of God is. He goes, it transformed the way I think on the earth. And as a result, for many 30 plus years now, he's able to reach out to people, you know, and I mean, touch people, glory be to God. But he said prior to that experience, he had very limited knowledge about God's love towards him. But here's the, here's the thing I wanted to say is this. When you and I understand, when I understand how much God loves me, I mean, Ephesians even says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. How can I love my wife if I don't know how much Jesus loved me? I can't. Such as I have, give I thee. If I don't know how much I'm loved, then I can't really love you the way that I should love you or could love you. But if I have a Working knowledge of God's love towards me. See, His love is not based on your performance. Do you know, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. Think about that. Because His love towards you is not based on your performance and what you can do or should do or how many people you help across the street. You know what I'm trying to say. His love is not based on that. It's love. His love is based on who He is. He is love and He loves you unconditionally. Praise God. Now, when I understand that, in conclusion here today, when I understand how much the Father loves me, Jesus said it like this. He said, the Father Himself loveth you. He said that in Gospel of John. The Father Himself loveth you. I personalized. I said, the Father himself loves Brother Keith. <laughs> Faults and all. None of us are perfect in the flesh, are we? None of us are. Okay? But that doesn't matter. He's not looking at our flesh. He's looking at our spirit. 
And the Father himself loves me. He loves me. So if he loves me, which he does, then he's going to take care of us. He's going to walk you through things. He's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you peace. We see a picture of peace with Jesus in the boat when the storm arose. Remember that? We talked about that. Jesus is in peace. He's at rest. He's on a pillow in the back of the boat while the disciples are freaking out with fear. Okay? Well, you can be in the midst of a so-called storm beating all around you, but you can, if you know Jesus loves you, you can have the peace that passes understanding, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Philippians. You can have the peace that passes understanding, that guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I believe today, in the name of Jesus, that as we launch into this week, this is Sunday, first day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that our week is going to be, I prophesy that this week we, things will be different because we're going to have a working knowledge and revelation of how much God loves us and it's just going to wipe out fear. Fear will not be able to stick to us. Amen? We used to be like Velcro. You know, fear come along, boom, it sticks to you. You know what I'm saying? The other day I was helping my son do something, you know, and I came across one of those sticker bushes, you know, and I didn't know it. And I brushed up against it, you know, and I looked down and I said, doggone it, man. I said, it took maybe 10 minutes to get all them little things off of me, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and sometimes fear is like that, you know, it tries to stick to you, you know. But you know what? It won't be able to stick to you. You'll be like Teflon in the spirit realm. It will not be able to stick to you. Fear will just, no, God loves me. God cares for me. Hallelujah. And if he loves you and he cares for you, which he does, he's going to take care of you. He's going to help you. He's going to supply your needs. He's going to do whatever it takes because he loves you. You know, we used to sing a song when we were little kids, you know. I mean, when I was in Sunday school, my Methodist church, you know. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. <laughs> That's how do you know Jesus loves you? Because the Bible says so. And if the Bible didn't say it, I couldn't believe it. Amen? We, if I didn't read script, if we didn't know the Word of God, how else would we ever know about God's love? We would never know it. We have to go back to the Scriptures. We have to look to the Word. Amen? Now, that being said, as we conclude here today, Ultimately, God wants to get us into a place where we're secure in His love for us so that we can take that love and love other people with that same kind of love. You know? Because other, other, other people, there's people that are, there's no shortage of people. You know that, don't you? There's no shortage of people. They're everywhere. Right? And people are afraid. They're hurting got problems. They don't need a finger pointed at them. They need arms wrapped around them, so to speak. Okay? And, and just embrace them with the love of God. And just, serve. you know, you can serve people even with your attitude. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a, I don't know if I'm just old school or what, but I believe in saying, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Okay? Because there's, there's a certain amount of respect to that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And when you, when you sow respect towards people, it opens up their hearts. Okay? 
Do you know the Lord respects you? He don't treat you like trash. Now some people may have, but they don't have a revelation of God's love. Amen? You can love the hell right out of somebody. I'm not cursing, you understand what I mean, but you can, you can love the sickness right out of somebody. Amen? It's compassion, love. Amen? A lot of times the, the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like Lynn's voice. Because, you know, we're married, we have a covenant. And it, there's times she said some things, you know, and I'm like, man, that was the Holy Ghost. I may not want her to hear it at first. And it works both ways, you understand? But, but I'll tell you what, when the Lord talks to us, He's going to bring such peace to us. Today, the culmination of everything, I believe God is releasing peace into you right now. May have been a rough road. May have been a tough year, a couple of years, okay? Or a, a tough decade, okay? But the knowledge, the knowledge of God's love towards you, let's not let it go by the wayside. Let's grasp it. Let's receive it, you know? And, and um, I mean, if you have to start, I start up by saying every day, Jesus loves me. God loves me unconditionally. Now, when you first say it, you may not, it may just be a mental thing. You know, you're just kind of doing an exercise. But you keep saying, that's one thing I believe in is, I believe in repeating things. If it works, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. You say it over. You say it over. You say it over. You acknowledge it. Amen? If you say, Lord, you love me and by your stripes I'm healed, eventually that sickness has to go from you. Eventually that pain or that dysfunctional body part has to line up. Eventually it has to line up. Because if all you're saying is what God's Word says over your body, then I guess it's going to have to change. Don't look at your calendar. Don't look at your clock. Don't look at the time. You just keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep sowing it. You keep sowing the Word, the Word, the Word. The sower soweth the Word, right? That's the biggest thing you can sow is the Word of the living God. Sow it into your heart. Sow it into your mind. Sow it out your mouth. Amen. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's just close with this. Close your eyes for a minute here. Heavenly Father, in the name, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these precious people here this morning, Father. Their lives are so important to you, Heavenly Father. You love them unconditionally, Father. I pray for all of us, or for all the people that are here today that have been dealing particularly as of late with certain fears that have come against them. I break and take authority over those thoughts of fear in the name of Jesus. And I apply the blood of Jesus to all of our minds right now in Jesus' name. Just lay your hands on your head right now. Father, I release the power of the blood of Jesus over their thoughts. And I say, Right thoughts come into their, their, their mind right now. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, the anointed one. And I break the power of every and any fear over each and every person here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I thank you for full security. There is security in your love, Father. All is well in the Father's house.
And I thank you, all shall be well in their homes, where they're at, with what they're dealing with right now. And lastly, Lord, I thank you, I speak peace to the troubled waters, just like you did, you spoke peace. You said, peace be still to the the storm, and it calmed down. And I say, peace, shalom, be God's peace to every single person here in the sound of my voice right now, Father. Peace from heaven. Be in this place right now. Hallelujah. 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 Say, the Lord loves me. He really loves me. And He cares for me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid ever again. God is taking care of me. And He's watching over me. Day and night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone is being healed of a a spinal injury right now. God is healing you right now. He's touching you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So receive that right now. Someone else has had an irritation in your throat. And the Lord is healing that right now. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As you walk with me and you speak with me, saith the Lord, those fears that plagued you, that bothered you, will melt like wax right before you. For you see, in my presence, problems are dissolved. In my presence, the Bible says, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And as you stay in my presence and practice my presence, those fears that dogged you, those fears that seemed to haunt you, yes, even in the middle of the night, will no longer have dominion over you or sway over you, they will not be able to stick and yes, they'll not be able to stay. For you see, my love will bring security to you. My peace will bring such reassurance to your heart and to your mind where fear will run from you. Fear will flee from you because in my presence is fullness of joy and at my right hand are pleasures evermore. So enter in, enter into my presence. For you have an invitation from me to come boldly to my throne. Come boldly to my presence to receive from me. And all will be well. As you're in my house and in my presence, all shall be well. 